All right, welcome to another episode of Powerhouse Conversations, uh, brought to you by Dream Big Sports, home of the best podcast for athletes looking to leverage technology to, to uh, power their brand. This is episode 43, and we have a special guest today, uh, NBA uh, champ. Oh, I just call him champ, right? Uh, because he has a lot of a lot of accolades, right? So, uh, WNBA champ, most recently, um, NBA champ, um, G League champ. So he's a winner at every level. Um, we have Tyler Marsh with us from the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great episode. We want to talk about, uh, you know, what it's like to be a coach at that at all these different levels. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, what it's like to uh, be, you know, go through all these different changes and, and uh, relationships, uh, how you build through relationships. So I think it's going to be a great episode to, uh, you know, for you all to learn and, and, and understand, um, you know, what what is what the grind is like, uh, you know, to move up through the ranks and, and, and stay down and do the, do the work that it takes. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing today? And, and first off, I want you all to uh, give a big congratulations to Tyler. Uh, just had his first uh, first son and first child. Uh, so everybody congratulate great. Congratulate him in the comments. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And. Uh, you know, f commendable 43 episodes, like that's big time. I remember when you first started this episode one and <clears throat> 42 episodes later, like this is a big time. It's a great platform, dope platform. Everything that you do is, is, uh, it's on a level that uh, has some outreach. And so I appreciate you having me on, but I appreciate this platform that you have as well for others. No, I, I, I definitely, uh, you know, been, it's been a long time coming with you coming on. Like I could definitely call you a friend. We talk all the time about, uh, you know, just sports and everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've, I've been I've seen the journey um, from where you came from and, and just going through the ranks. So I definitely uh, I think this was a great conversation I had. Uh, it's a long time coming. So, uh, you know, just give give people I know I've already ran down your uh, your list of accolades, but uh, give people your background, how you got started. And you know, stick from there. Sure. Yeah, I, um, I started actually. In the G League was my first year. I was back in 2012-2013 season, and um, the way that I kind of got in the door there was I got invited to a, a workout to watch a workout at the Houston Rockets facility, and um, I applied to a bunch of different internships with the Rockets going into that summer, and hadn't really heard back from anything. And so uh, when I went to the workout, I kind of just asked around about uh, the position I applied for and if they filled it, and. They said that they had, but that they may have something with their G League team available. And so uh, they introduced me to their head G League coach at the time, which was Nick Nurse, head coach of the Toronto Raptors now. And um, I met Coach Nurse. He invited me back to help help out with the workouts for the rest of the week. And uh, after the first day, uh, he told me he had a player development spot available and that he liked what I did in the workouts and that he wanted to bring me on. And so that was kind of how I got my foot in the door. Um, from a professional basketball stance, and I've been kind of just running with it since. Uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs uh, along the way. Uh, we won a championship that first year in the G League, and uh, shortly after, he got called up to, to the Raptors as an assistant coach. Um, so I spent three more years in the G League coaching. Um, I spent a year coaching at the prep school level in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, coached a year in Division One at Alabama A&M. And then fast forward six years later um, from that first year in the G League to 2018-2019 season, and um, Coach Nurse reached back out and said that he had a, a video coordinating spot with the Raptors available once he got the head coaching job. And um, having that prior relationship with him 
I knew I had some familiarity with the way that he wanted to do things and run things and, and that kind of stuff. And so um, I had minimal video experience when I took that job, but I spent once I once I knew that it was heading in that direction, I spent weeks trying to uh, coordinate with other video coordinators that I had uh, relationships with throughout my time in the G League, and I f- would fly and see them. I would have Zoom calls or um, Skype calls at the time with them, and uh, so I tried to learn it on the fly and uh, ended up winning the championship that first year in the NBA. Um, and then the rest is kind of history from there. I spent two years with the Raptors and then two years with the Indiana Pacers before coming here um, with the Aces. And so I've been blessed to be around great players and great coaches and great opportunities and situations with organizations that really take winning, but, but doing things the right way seriously. And so um, that's kind of how, how my journey has been. Now, because I, th- I think that's a testament to like, you know, your work ethic. And I think that's a testament to your character, right? That, you know, it's, it's no, it's no coincidence that, you know, there's winning follows, right? And they're, they're calling you when they're, when they want to, you know, build a w- winning team. And so even from the standpoint of, cause I remember when you were, <laughs> you had to go straight from uh, the, the end of that uh, season with the Pacers and go right into the WNBA. But it's mm-hmm. like, okay, they called you because of your work ethic and, and what you what you uh, what you brought to the table, and sure. I, I'm pretty sure that when when Becky made it, uh, was thinking about who she wanted, it was you mm-hmm. because hey, you are going to be someone who I can build a build build a winning uh, team in, around. So I, I definitely think that's that's a that's something that people should take notice of. Sure, and I think that just uh, more than anything is just a, a, a testament of character, and um, I think that. You know, I've I'm try to stay as grounded as possible from how I was brought up and how I was raised and being able to see my dad, who's also a, a basketball coach, being able to see how he works um, uh, my entire life growing up um, certainly helped shape uh, the type of uh, worker I am and the type of person that I am. And um, and so we we actually the way I got introduced to Becky was one of our assistants with Indiana. Her name is Jenny Buchek. She was a, a longtime WNBA coach and now has been in the NBA for a while. And, uh, she has a really good relationship with Becky and she introduced me to her just kind of on a whim, just good people meeting other good people and continuing to network and build relationships. And my first meeting with Becky, we didn't talk anything about basketball. It was more about life. And that's kind of where the connection the relationship started. And um, that was this past season. We played the Spurs, I think, early in the year, around December was when I first met her. And um, once things started to get rolling on her end with, with Vegas, she reached out and asked if I had any interest in it. And I told her I did just because that um, I, I knew there would be a good step in my in my career from a basketball standpoint. But um, most importantly, the, the I couldn't ignore the chemistry and the connection that we had on a personal level. Um, Becky and I, um, and you don't get a chance too often to work with people that you uh, see see things similarly off the court, that you have the same values, and so that meant a lot to me. Uh, and then the more we started talking about the opportunity of what the basketball side of it brought mm-hmm. to, in terms of where I was in in, in my career as well, um, I just thought it was a it was the right situation and thought that it was an opportunity to um, to be part of something bigger than myself to be part of something uh, honestly bigger than bigger than basketball it's uh the 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 w is something that's um it's a great league and it's a continuously growing league um and 
to help be part of that's the, the growth of the league. Um, that's something that's going to, that's going to last a lifetime. Yep. And, and let's talk about that. I mean, that was one of the things that we talked about when, when you were, when you were, uh, you know, making the decision was uh-huh. like just the growth in the trajectory of the WNBA, right? The uh-huh. opportunity that, it, that, that you had within you, uh, to go over there and make some change and make some impact. And, and, uh-huh. and one of the things we talked about was that it's, you know, the impact that you can make there is like, it's a, it's you know, almost a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? It's not going to come around again. Like, you know, late years later, you're you're basically on the cups of hey this this is about to it's about to take off you can be yep. a part of this ride or you or you can you can miss out on the train so mm-hmm. I think that was a that was a very bold uh, move for you to to make sure yeah as uh, I, I always when I deal with those types of decisions and any big decision in life I just I try to think about what uh, first of all I'm a, a man of faith so I try to rely on God and and, and my family and I we uh, we pray for those for those types of moments where we can get clarity and understanding and what our purpose is. And I, and that's the big thing. I just I want to be purposeful. And um, the NBA is a, a, a dream and it was a dream and a goal. And, um, and, and being there, it becomes more about being in a place where you can um, have the most impact and uh, being in Vegas was where I saw that I could have an impact. And, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I look a few months later down the road and, um, you know, there's there's no other place I'd rather be right now. So, yep, yep. So, talk to me a little bit about you know some of the the uh, the things that you saw that you liked coming from the NBA to the WNBA. Uh, talk to me about what you like that you, that you see going in the right direction for the WNBA. I think um, <clears throat> I think style of play is something that uh, we were able to incorporate as a team. Just um, our staff is made up of uh, so really dynamic. Uh, coaches with with different experience. We have uh, longtime uh, Division One college coaches, head coach and assistant coaches. We have um, uh, myself and uh, another assistant, Natalie Nikasi, both have a ton of NBA experience. And uh, Becky is her playing experience in the W and her coaching experience in uh, in the NBA. So we're able to see the game through uh, through a lens that a lot of other staffs um, don't really have that type of diversity on. And uh, it's no knock to them. It's just a uh, it's to us. We see it as an advantage for, for what we have and how we're trying to build things. And I think the style of play that, you know, looking over the past several years, uh, the Aces have had a ton of talent, um, a ton of talent. Yeah. They've had a, couple, a few number one draft picks and Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young and Asia Wilson. And, uh, so the, the, the pieces are already there. It was just a matter of how we're going to place them and, uh, so I think across the league, the, the style of play is going to be trending more towards a more f- free, free flowing, open style mm-hmm. of play. Um, yep. And I think that's kind of what we were able to incorporate this year. And um, <clears throat> I think that uh, the other thing is, uh, I would hope that the personalities of the players get highlighted a, a little yep. bit more. I think, um, I think you're able to see just how dynamic of, of, of people they are, how great of people yep. they are. And quite frankly, they're superstars and deserve the platform to yep. be superstars. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. No, I, I think that's a, a, a great point. Cause I, I take two things away from that. Right. Uh, I, I think when you, when you talk about uh, the, the, the ability to watch the game, I think that's where, uh, you know, that's where the WNBA is going to get the, you know, the, the eyes and the attention is because when you, 
when you allow because you 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 have great basketball, right? But mm-hmm. then also when you allow those players to to uh, to you know shine and, and and showcase their 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 skill set, mm-hmm. I think that's a a good opportunity to 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 uh, bring in new v- viewers. Uh, mm-hmm. My my favorite player uh, right now is uh, is Kelsey. Yeah, I, I watched her when she was in college, and and that's you know I, I think when you all are allow uh, allowing them to play and utilize their skill set, like mm-hmm. Kelsey's go out there and cook right <laughs> and so you, and, and and i think that is something that uh you know the WNBA when when they're when they are able to see these players just go out there and utilize their skills hey they, they can hoop too like right it's not it's not like they may not be able to uh, to dunk and quote unquote uh you know dunk like the the, the NBA but it's still that like when you're a basketball fan the hooping is the hooping. Like, like when you when you watch Kelsey Kelsey play, when you watch uh, you know Jackie play, when you watch the you know Chelsea play, like mm-hmm. if you're a hooper, you understand that. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 understand that, and then when you see Asia with her fundamentals and and the way she can score with both hands, like she can she can do everything, right? Yep. That is a a recipe for if you're a, if you're a, a a basketball head, you can see that and, and it's gonna you're gonna gravitate toward towards it. So yeah, I think that's and, and you mentioned it. I think that I think another uh, element to that is uh, you want to get the league to a point where you don't just have to be a basketball fan to watch. And I think that's how the NBA. The NBA is if if you're it almost becomes a little bit more of an experience than just. Mm-hmm. being there to watch a watch a game and uh if you're able to come to an aces game you will see that like our atmosphere is just as good as any nba atmosphere there is yeah. and you go to seattle you get the same thing you go to phoenix you get the same thing yeah. you get sold out crowds uh you get nba like environments yeah. um and you get elite basketball and so uh I, I i think that the more publicized our game gets um the more eyes on it and then the more support that we continue to get from those who are outside from the big names you see chris paul and demarcus cousins and devin booker and trey young and kyle lowry all john morant all of them are at these games throughout their off season right. taking the time out to fly out to these games like that that should say something so right <clears throat> i think it's only going to continue to, to go up and get better and um i'm looking forward to it yeah and i i think i think that's that speaks volumes right and i i, I like when you when you all came to Atlanta, like the atmosphere that was there was like crazy, right? So when when you go to a Hawks game, it's just you know it's it's people there, right? But I think the Atlanta Dream were able to capitalize on like Atlanta is a is a is a black city, right? And I think they really treated that game like okay, this is it felt like okay, I'm in Atlanta, not you know the Atlanta Hawks is like yes. okay, it's just a big NBA game. Sure. But they took it was the crowd control. They were swag surfing in there. Like it was yeah. it was like a it was a black atmosphere. So I mm-hmm. think that the the, the WNBA is, is it, it allows people to to really get that that experience. And I think the more they the more that they they capitalize on that, I think the better. No doubt. No doubt. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And so so talk to me a little bit about um about some of the things that you I know we kinda of hit on it, but some of the things that you think uh, can improve, right? Where, where is that? Where, what takes the WNBA to the next level? Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, I don't have the exact answer to that, but I think that it starts at um, continuing to find ways to allow the players to be marketable mm-hmm. um, because they are marketable. 
Yeah. And I just think that finding ways to be able to do that and on a level and on a platform that um, that a bunch of eyes are able to see it, um, <clears throat> I think it's I think it starts there. I think that uh, we we have a product that's appealing and that uh, we have players who have name recognition and um, value in their brand. And so being able to try to capitalize on that, like at this point, if you haven't seen like uh, Asia Wilson all over the uh, yeah. social media for uh, her post-game press conferences and uh, the way that she impacts the community, the things that she's doing within her community, uh, those are all things that can be highlighted and should be highlighted. And especially if you're the face of the league, you got to allow your stars to be stars. And so uh, that's kind of where I think it starts at. Yeah, yeah. Just like capitalizing on that, like, right? Like, yeah. Asia, you know, she, 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 she shined bright like a star mm-hmm. <laughs> over this, uh, this time frame. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was very clear, like, that she is a, she has a star personality. She's a mm-hmm. star on the court. And mm-hmm. she should be, be uh, should be uh, put on that pedestal, on that, on that platform, the same way that that, that the NBA guys are, are are put on. And she, because she has the game and she right. has the personality. So why wouldn't she? Why exactly. why why wouldn't the brands come after her and and put her in front of everybody because she has that? She she's a star, and it's yeah. very clear. Yep. There's there's not there's not too many people that can. I mean, there's yeah. We had three just on our own team with Kelsey, Chelsea, and Asia It'll go right from our season. They fly, they take a day going to the parade. They leave r- pretty much right after the parade, go straight to Australia, get off the mm-hmm. plane, win a gold medal. Like, right. and, and then a couple of them are, are like Chelsea, she'll have a, a couple weeks and then she's heading overseas for her season. Like they're, they're athletes of a different breed, of a different kind. And, and they are um, subject to some circumstances that, uh, a lot of NBA superstars aren't, and they still they still take the baton and run with it without complaints. And um, you know that's it's it's tough to do, and so it yeah. could be should be commended and it should be highlighted for sure. It's it's amazing because when you really think about it, like okay, we, we're we're fathers, right? But they they also are you know a lot of them are mothers. I, I saw that uh, I think it was Der- Derica. Uh, Derica. Yeah, she she uh, announced that she was pregnant. It's like. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it's like amazing, like yeah. they're doing. Like it's like I couldn't imagine, <laughs> like you know, hooping and, and playing, and uh, you know, and and, and being pregnant. Or, you yeah. know, it's 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 they it's it's something that they definitely should get behind. And I un- and I understand uh, that there are you know that it takes time, right? But mm-hmm. that that is something that I think brands should definitely pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I think that they should definitely, uh, you know, get behind. I think uh, one thing I did find interesting, I was at the Revolt Summit this uh, couple past weekends ago, um, and they, they actually, you know, you mentioned it earlier, the NBA players are, are doing a great job of supporting, and I mm-hmm. think the biggest thing is that more women who aren't um, NBA people have to support and, and bring their bring their, their family out and, and mm-hmm. support so I think that's something that that definitely helps you. Yeah, agree. So I do want to uh, change uh, change paces and go to. I know one of the things that we talked about was that you know you want to be able, you want to build a platform that uh, that tells the stories of coaches, right? I know your background. You talked about it earlier. I know I I, I met uh, your your your, uh, your dad probably I think before I met you. 
right? <laughs> and, and just his 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 work ethic, his his attention to detail. Him and Co- Coach Davis, uh, like the, the way they ran their program at UAB, and in the way that that they um, that they uh, you know put that put their program together and the attention to detail. I know that that's something that was instilled in you. So, did you always want to be a coach? I didn't. I uh, <clears throat> at first. I thought that I was going to be in the front office of an NBA mm-hmm. team. Um, I was even open to being in the front office of a major league baseball team. Um, the mm-hmm. idea of, I'm a huge baseball fan and the idea of uh, building a team and everything that goes into putting a team together is something that's always appealed to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I also saw the immediate uh, and long-term impact that my dad had as a coach on, on players that he continually has uh, relationships with to this day. And uh, I, I thought that, that coaching blended best my two passions, which is people and basketball and mm-hmm. having a hands-on approach with them, whether it's in uh, player development, whether on the court, mm-hmm. whether it's in film study, whether it's just having casual conversation. It's uh, You have a, a, a reach uh, and a platform that um, not too many people get to have. And to be able to touch these players each each day uh, in a way that you know would have long-lasting impact that extends beyond basketball, um, that's something that keeps me motivated and something that uh, keeps me into coaching and, and um, continues to, to to fuel that passion that I have. And um, it's uh, and it's no different whether it was at the uh, the high school level, the college level, G League, NBA, and now WNBA. It's Impact is impact, and you can make that wherever. Um, and you know, that's I think it's something also that the players in turn appreciate. They don't want to just be seen as athletes, especially as the day and age that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be seen as more than that, um, and they should be. And so that's uh, that's what keeps me into coaching, and um, you know, hopefully, what keeps me moving forward. So uh, let's talk about the uh, the platform that you that you, that you want to build. Like, uh, you know, you know, tell me about uh, you know some of the ideas and, and tell me about like you know what what do you what do you want to do with it? Yeah, it's basically we there's there's becoming more and more as you see like athletes getting involved in uh, um, the media space and uh, creating platforms to tell their own stories. Um, I would like to do so the same with, for coaches. I think there's. Uh, coaches have are, are great storytellers. Um, they're mm-hmm. great teachers, um, and they have their own experiences that um, uh, that deserve to be heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and so, uh, it's been it's been on my mind for a while to kind of try to create that that space and that platform uh, for coaches to to tell their own stories in their own kind of way. Um, and so, trying to put that into motion, I think it'd be um, enlightening for for young coaches, young aspiring yep. coaches. Uh, even coaches who are uh, who are vets in the game, I think that uh, you can always learn from from others. And um, I'm a big believer in um, not underestimating when and who you can learn something from. And uh, whether it's about basketball or whether it's about life, it's uh, you know the, these players that we idolize and coach and teach and admire on TV. They they all were grounded by some and shaped by some form of coach. Um, and so. To hear those stories, I think would be uh, would be beneficial. Would be uh, really cool. No, I, I think it would it would be it would be extremely beneficial because, like you just said, like we you you idolize the player, but they there is somebody in their 
their playing career that has meant a big deal to them that they don't they don't get the shine, right? Everybody, you know, everybody knows about the Phil Jacksons, the Popoviches and things of that nature. But it's it's typically, you know, an assistant coach that that has a great relationship or it's, you know, somebody on the on the staff that has this great relationship that they typically lean on mm-hmm. and they and they, and they can find in and they and they, they utilize to to uh, to get to their their level of greatness. So I mm-hmm. think telling those stories and, and being able to to uh to shed light and and put a spotlight on them when they don't necessarily always get that spotlight is extremely important and it's extremely important to to also, to, like you just said, to the young coaches that are that are going to be uh, seeing this and be like, okay, I can do this. I mm-hmm. can, um, you know, I can make an impact, right? Everybody, just because I'm not on, I'm not on the stage, I'm not on the in the spotlight. I can make an impact. No doubt, and I, I think that, um, you know, from just me personally, the my three biggest role models uh, in life are, were all coaches. Um, my dad, the coach. Um, there's a pastor who's uh, one of my mentors, been a mentor since 2015, and um, he's a retired coach and, and my high school coach. He was my best man in my wedding. So I met, I met him when I was 15, and you fast forward 15 years later, he's the best man in my wedding. So that that's the kind of long-lasting impact that I, I referenced earlier. And um, <clears throat> so there's a, I think there's a, a, a bunch of great stories to be told and experiences to be shared. And if I can help provide an, uh, a platform to do so, that's what that's what I want to do. No, I, I think that's amazing, and I, and I can't wait to uh, to see that get off the ground, and and um, you know, I, I can't wait for the world to, to, to see it and be able to uh, to to uh, be able to uh, have impact on it. Um, so, I have some rapid fire questions. Uh, I I probably know some of the answers to some of these, but uh, we'll, we'll 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 get it started. Uh, uh, favorite player growing up. Favorite player going out, so he gave me an easy one to start. Stefan Marbury, favorite player. He followed me on Twitter two years ago. Almost cried. <laughs> like that's like that's my guy. He um he uh my first time seeing him. He was a freshman at Georgia Tech. My dad was coaching at Florida State at the time. Uh, both teams in the ACC. I was a ball boy for Florida State. And mm-hmm. at that time in the ACC, the mid nineties, like Maryland had Steve Francis and Duke had Shane Battier and Nelton Brand and. Uh, Corey Maggette and all those guys and um, Wake had had Tim Duncan, um, <clears throat> Carolina had Vince and James, Antoine Jameson, like all those big name players. But like when Georgia Tech came through, and the first time I saw Stephon Marbury, it was like, yeah, is it? Yeah, they, ACC was loaded in. ACC yeah. was definitely loaded. <clears throat> yeah, so that would that would be it, and Kobe would be a close second. Yeah, um, your um, your Mount Rushmore of NBA players. Uh, well, I think <clears throat> I would say Bill Russell. Not that I saw him play, but his impact is undeniable. Okay. I would say Mike. Okay. Um, Kobe. Okay. And LeBron, okay. I was, I was. That, that's what I was. I was wondering if you were gonna leave him off. I was wondering if he was gonna leave him off. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm not a. Uh, I'm a fan, but I'm not a fool. So I, yeah. I, would, uh, I think I that it's it's different. Um, I I just remember the 
seeing Mike, seeing Kobe, and seeing LeBron for the first time, and they all gave a different a different type of feeling. It's like you're watching something more than just a basketball player. Yeah. And you watched each each one of them. Um, it was like <clears throat> when you watch LeBron, it's like you're in awe from his physical gifts and right. how easy he makes the game look. And then uh, Kobe was like you couldn't take your eyes off of him because he was just – he, everything he did was like he's he is what a prototypical basketball player looks like. All right, just if you if you were to construct the perfect yeah. basketball player, it was yes. <laughs> and then Mike was just it was the 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 legend and figure of who Mike was. Like right. when he was in his heyday with the Bulls, I was I was still young. Um, but <clears throat> so when my first time actually seeing him in person was the year that he was with the Wizards, and so even okay. at 30, 38, 39, whatever he was, forty. Um, it was still like that's, that's still Mike at the end of the day. Right, right. It's still Mike. Right. And so uh, that was just, it was, it's like you're, it's like you're watching a, a mythical figure at the time. Um, so that would be my, my Mount Rushmore for different, different reasons. Cool, 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 cool. I like it. I like it. I can't, I can't be mad at it. I can't be mad at it. Um, I was going to ask, uh, favorite coach, but would you prefer to be able to give me a Mount Rushmore coaches or do you have a, like a locked in one coach? Um, I can give you a few coaches that I like. Okay. Um, give me for different reasons. Um, <clears throat> I'll start with the coach that I worked for. I think that um, uh, coach nurse is, uh, because he's not like he doesn't have like the big name, mm -hmm. I think that he kind of gets underrated a little bit. Um, but he's he's the best coach I've ever been around in terms of adjustments mm -hmm. on the fly. Um, <clears throat> he's he's not afraid to take chances. Mm -hmm. I think he's um, for those who who watched closely at our our championship run in twenty eighteen, yep. like, we threw everything at Golden State. We threw triangle and twos, yep. boxing yep. ones. I remember. Um, and up to that point, uh, a lot of that stuff wasn't really seen that often that much. And we experimented throughout the season and uh, felt like we were in a place that would have been um, the, the, that we felt comfortable with using that in, in those moments. And um, <clears throat> so from a adjustment standpoint, he uh, he's right there. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> coach Carlisle, another championship coach. He, uh, <clears throat> He is really good at figuring out ways to attack offense or defenses, opposing defenses. He's, he's really good at exploiting mismatches. Um, and so from X's and O's standpoint, um, he's second to none. He's great. Um, <clears throat> I've always been a huge fan of Eric Spolstra. Uh, the way that no matter, no matter what the records are that his, his Heat teams have had, whether, he's, whether it was during the LeBron area, era, pre-LeBron, post-LeBron, like his teams play hard all the time. It's never an easy, uh, an easy game against the Heat, and um, so the way that he's able to um, get those personalities to to fit in and to buy in into um, to what that quote unquote Heat culture is, um, <clears throat> you know that it's led by uh, or that's started by uh, Pat Riley, but it ultimately is on Spolster to carry out and for him to have done it so long uh, with three, three championships later. Um, you know, that's uh, commendable in itself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, 
And then I, you know, there's there's other coaches around the league who do amazing things. Ty Lue is awesome. Uh, Monty Williams is awesome. Pop obviously is awesome. And then I, I wouldn't really be who I am or where I am if it wasn't for Coach Hammond. So like she's, <clears throat> she is. I will. I've said it a bunch uh, throughout the season. Like her ability to connect to with the players, um, and that's not just our players. That was players that she coached. She um, that she coached in the NBA. Uh, you see the relationships that she was able to establish there. Um, mm-hmm. the way that she's able to bring people together and uh, be relatable, um, mm-hmm. and then transfer that out onto the court. Um, <clears throat> she's a uh, she's at the top of the top of the league in that in that standpoint at any league, and um, I think that as a coach, you have to have a great ability to know when to turn up and when to level it out, and she she has a great feel for that as well. So um, <clears throat> that's kind of where where it is. No, I love I love it. I love it, and even just to go back to Spo, like I think Spo is like because even you like I said we 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 talk about the the season and you know what what our thoughts are on the season it's like you can never count out Miami it's like okay well you got these teams and then it's like okay well you can't count out Miami but you kind of want to but it's like you know they're going to come with it right regardless of 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 who it is I was just talking about this this morning with someone else but it's like you know regardless of how the standings end this year Whoever gets Miami in the first round, I'm concerned. Like I, I don't like it's not going to be an easy out. Like regardless of where where they finish, that's the and that's what you want from a coach, right? You want that that fear that that um like that ability to 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 uh it's it's like a brand, right? It's a it's a it's a you know it's, it's like building your personal brand. Like I know a a, a coach team by by Spolstra, by Spolstra is going to make me work and mm-hmm. that's what you want as a coach you want that that no matter who's on the floor that this team is going it's not going to be easy out every mm-hmm. night that you put on the floor is not it's not going to be not going to be something I would imagine that that's the type of, of fear that you want to strike in opposing players or opposing coaches every time you, you step on the floor yeah I think so. I think it's uh <clears throat> it's an environment that's established by the coach and then it has to be carried out by the players and Miami does a good does a good a job as anyone at identifying those players and getting them to buy in. And you know, a lot of people, you know, may question why Udonis Haslam is still in his twentieth year on the Heat, and that's why he's somebody that can uh, continue to enforce um, <clears throat> that brand and that culture the way that they want it. And opinions may vary, but there's uh, there's there's value in that. And yeah. and they have found that value, and so when you have players like um, uh, like D Wade to help uh, start that, and then have it mm-hmm. being continued by Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, and um, moving into the future with Bam Adebayo, like uh, mm-hmm. all those embrace what the Heat are about, and mm-hmm. um, and are able to push their 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 agenda forward. Yeah, I think that's that's extremely underrated. Like uh, culture, um, I think people overlook that. Um, you have to establish culture. Um, you have to uh, you have to get people to buy. You have to get the players to buy into culture. Um, that goes for business as well. Like anytime that you are you're building something, you're building an organization. 
Because, I mean, these, these organizations are ran like businesses and that comes from the top down and you have to establish that culture and everybody from the, from the top to the bottom has to, to understand, Hey, this is what, what this is about. And this is how we, how we're going to run our organizations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's big. Yeah. Um, let's go to WNBA. Uh, uh, you don't have to go top, uh, favorite, uh, top, your, your top five favorite WNBA players this uh, ever. Um, <clears throat> I think Cynthia Cooper would be one. Okay. Um, Don Staley would be one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hmm. I think that uh, for, for me, like, Cheryl Soups would be another, just because, like, it's hard to mention Cynthia Cooper and not mention Yeah, Cheryl yeah. So you can get one spot. <laughs> I'm sorry? I said they can get one spot if you want it. They can get a dynamic duo. Because <laughs> um, they, they, were get, they were getting busy together. Right. Um, and then I'll be biased, and I'll put uh, – I'll finish out with Aces. I'll finish out with uh, Asia, and um, we'll give – Chelsea and Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum and Jackie will give them all one. Jackie and will give them all one spot. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Nah, but Matt, bro, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. And then we're going to wrap up. Uh, you know, tell the people what's next. Like you, you accomplished, uh, you know, um, you know, you, you accomplished a lot from a, from a coach's perspective. What's your goals? What's your, what's next, what's next for Tyler? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm riding the wave right now. I, I ultimately want to be I want to be a head coach. Um, mm -hmm. uh, when I look if I look 15, 20 at the end of my career, I'd like to transition into the front office at some point. But mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm on a, a a pretty good path to continue to learn and to grow as a coach, and hopefully uh, get to have a seat in the in the in the main chair at one point at one day. And mm -hmm. uh, um, I want to be in a position of leadership. I feel like I have a um, a pretty balanced voice that um, that is able to show compassion and but also motivate and um, I think that uh, I've been able to take little bits and pieces from some great coaches uh, and feedback from some great players to to help uh, form a, a philosophy that uh, I feel like could be successful down the line and you know when that opportunity if and when the opportunity comes. Uh, I think I'll be ready for it, and uh, that's kind of how I see the the immediate future. And um, you know, we'll see what that what that turns into. But uh, until then, I'm trying to be the best dad I can be. Yeah, um, yep, yep. We'll see where um, <clears throat> we'll see where that goes. I'm trying to speak baseball into his life, into the universe for for my son. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we'll see. My my dad joked yesterday when Aaron Judge hit. 62 um hit a 62nd homer um for the record uh my dad was joking and texted me he was like yeah he's like that record's only going to stand for about 20 years until your son gets to the league and he'll be able to be able to break that so speaking of speaking that into the universe so we'll see. that's dope that's dope well nah man i i appreciate it uh you know everybody make sure you all you know go on youtube go on spotify make sure you like comment subscribe 
you know, Dream Big Sports. Um, and make sure you all go follow Tyler on on all the social media platforms. We're definitely trying to make sure that he uh, he ramps up his uh, his personal brand. Make sure he gets out there because he's definitely going to be a be a head coach and in the front office one day. Um, we, we're going to speak that into existence because I, I, I know the, the talent that he is. I know the, the, uh, the ability that he has. So we're definitely um, we're, we're speaking that into existence. And, um, you know, thank you again for coming on. No, I appreciate you. And again, thanks for, for this platform. You're doing great things with it. Uh, can't wait to see where else you take it. And uh, uh, looking forward to the next time. All right. See you all next week.